Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox and I am Josh. I am Jimmy. And we are excited to have on the show Autumn Miles. Autumn, thanks for joining us. Oh my goodness. Thank y'all for having me. I'm so excited. Autumn is an author, speaker. She's also a radio host and CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry. And her latest book is entitled I Am Rahab. Autumn, tell us about the book. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I screwed up my life big time. And uh, when I was young, um, I fell in love when I was 15 with a guy that I thought was, you know, the best thing of all time. And um, started dating him when I was 15. And um, he became uh, just mentally, emotionally abusive Hmm. while we were dating. And I ended up marrying him because, of course, you do that to someone that (laughs) mistreats you. Um, I married him in 1999, and um, that started a huge uh, issue of abuse in our marriage. I don't know if it was because he had control over me or, um, you know, just if he didn't know how to handle his own emotions, but Hmm. um, ended up going through just an abusive marriage, um, and found the Lord in that marriage. This is an incredibly long story short, but, um, found the true living God and entered into, a um, a relationship with God wasn't in my head. It was in my heart. Um, believe that God was real for the first time in that marriage. And I was kind of going through the scriptures, like who in the scripture has really messed up their life? (laughs) I need that person. I need to identify with someone. And I, you know, went to Mary because everyone knows who Mary is in the scripture. And I'm quickly, um, quickly decided that she was not someone that I could truly (laughs) identify with. Um, went to Esther, uh, really, I mean, the story of Esther is phenomenal, but I just, I couldn't relate to that. I wasn't a hero. I was living a life that, that really came to exist because of sinful choices on my part and sinful, um, choices on my husband, my ex-husband's part. And then I found Rahab and I was like, her name was Rahab the harlot. And I thought, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) That's my girl right there. That's my girl. And really drew so much strength from her story and courage from her story. And since then have, have really inductively studied her life, which is why I got the book. I am Rahab (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I found myself in her mistakes and her faith as well. I tell you, there's so many biblical characters that are immensely flawed. 
from you know uh, Paul, you know, killed Christians for a living. Peter deny. I mean, it, it seems like the great David. Oh my soul, a man after God's own heart, and he commits adultery and murders. And yet today, the church seems to be just um, exemplified by this 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 zeal for perfection. That when we're in church, nobody lets on that they have a problem. Everything is great, and it's fantastic, and God bless you, and God bless you, where underneath we're all dying on the vine. Why do you think—I mean, here you are, you look, and you see a really flawed, even though hero of the Bible, but a very flawed one, and you see yourself. Why do you think it's so difficult for us to to not appreciate that God uses flawed people? It's satanic. I mean, um, I think Satan has fed us, and we have bought— swallowed, ingested the lie that um, people are respect people that seem to have it all together. I think it's a bait. It's one of the great baits of Satan that if you can operate as if everything is okay, you will be liked more. You, I mean, in a world of social media, you will be followed more. Um, you, you know, you, you will be something and the opposite is true, is actually true. Um, when I see someone that sits down with me and says, man, I've been through this, but the grace of God intervened in my life in a powerful way. I don't know about you, but when I see lives change that have a real admittance that I am a sinner, I was lost in my sin, a humility about them, and God has changed their life, you know, those are the people that I'm like, wow, that is incredibly powerful. I think it has something to do with, I hope this isn't too brash for your uh, podcast, I think it's prideful. Our church has um, ingested this lie that we must be better than we actually are living, yeah. which is a pride thing, you know? Well, and it's a little odd. <laughs> okay, we're not going to p- model our faith after these flawed heroes of Scripture. Nope, we're going to pick out those guys in the black. We're going to be just like the Pharisees, and we're going to polish the cup on the outside while the inside of the cup is filthy. It's just bizarre that we've taken the only group of people that Jesus called a brood of vipers, and those are the people we're modeling our faith is and our our faith in our churches after. Yeah, I think one of the things you know, I, I'm also drawn to the woman caught in the midst of adultery. My story is, um, I I went before my church. My dad was a pastor of uh, the church that I was attending, and my ex husband was attending, and I went before the church because there was a time. I actually believed he was going to kill me. And so once I got my life right and I began a relationship with Christ, God gave me the courage to sort of come forward and say, this is what's happening. Even though my dad's the pastor, I've got to tell you the truth of what's actually happening in in this marriage. And I went before the church and um, told the elders and they eventually uh, kicked me out of the church. And told me that um, because you are going to file for divorce or had at that point, God will not use you. And 
I'm actually really grateful for that uh, uh, elder meeting when I was able to sit there because it did not resonate with what the grace of God and the forgiveness of God was telling me. I could look at these characters in the scripture and say, yeah, they screwed up. Of course they did. (laughs) But everybody has. We all are Rahab. We all have our sin. And the, the Bible tells us that. We all have things that we need to repent from and um and recognize and move on from so um that idea of the pharisees and sadducees and and how church members like to pretend like they have it all together um has really stuck with me because i know i don't want to be like that i don't Mm -hmm. want to pretend to be something that i'm not i'm flawed um, saved by the grace of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I think that preaches a lot more than I've got it all together and I'm mm-hmm. perfect. And to your point, you know, you can be asked to leave a congregation or, you know, it, it almost is this, our leadership isn't true and honest about their mistakes because they can be canned. And if we don't necessarily see the professional Christians doing, then why should we ever entertain the idea? I just think there's a ton of fear involved. And for you, when you were first kind of speaking your truth, uh, I mean, how much fear was involved for you? I mean, I was terrified. You know, an abuse victim does not come forward unless they count their life dead. And I'm just, that's just really honest. I came forward um, knowing the risk that it was for myself personally knowing the risk that it was for my father as the pastor of the church, for my parents, um, for those around me. I came forward because um, it was one of those things where um, I had already counted the cost and the consequence of coming forward. And um, God, I believe God said, uh, you need to share this. It's time to get out. And so um, I went through, I would say, a year of complete fear of what was people going to think about my father, who was mm-hmm. is an incredible man and my hero. Um, what are people going to think about my family? What is going to happen to me? What is my ex-husband going to do to me? Um, I had kind of filtered through a lot of that. And fear is what kept me there. Fear is what kept me there. And then to come forward and my fear actually, you know, be a reality of what actually happened. Um, it was it was shocking for me and jarring for me. Um, but for the grace of the Lord. Exactly. And then the freedom that you experienced afterwards. Absolutely. Not Not with things working out perfectly, but just having it out there. Jimbo, did you hear that someone is actually paying us to do an ad? Wait a second, somebody is paying us? Say Who what? are these people? It is actually our old alma mater, Howard Payne University. HPU. HPU. STEM jackets win. You know a it. A fine education bathed in, in a Christian atmosphere. Oh. A Christian yeah, atmosphere is what it's bathed in. Yep. But it's this time, it's Howard Payne with a twist because they actually have expanded to New Braunfels. Oh, that's right. They opened a new campus in New Braunfels in 2012. And they have three different degree options. One option is an associate's degree in Christian studies, which is designed for bivocational ministers and busy schedules. Just a short drive south of Austin, just a short drive north of San Antonio. They're also offering four bachelor's degrees, one in business, one in Christian studies, one in criminal justice, and one in general studies. And there are whispers. Jimbo, you gotta whisper this. That's why I'm whispering. 
There are whispers that there are new degrees coming in 2019. And one last thing not to forget, there are two master's programs, Mm -hmm. one in business administration, MBA, and one in criminal justice, MCJ. I am pumped we get to spread the news about a Christ-centered higher education in Central Texas, which is provided by Howard Payne University, New Braunfels. For more information about HPU New Braunfels, go to hputx.edu backslash New Braunfels. You can also find them on Instagram and Twitter at hpunb. And Facebook is HPUTX New Braunfels. Sting them jackets win. Get your stinger up, Josh. It's, it always stays up. I think God gave me a mission at that point. I remember that elders meeting when they, when the, the church, the elders were telling me, you know, we're going to bring you for the church before church discipline, according to uh, Matthew 18. And I remember leaving and I was uh, grieved in my spirit. Um, you know, I, 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 I almost could feel evil fighting with righteousness. You know, there was just an internal struggle with me. And um, I remember God telling me, listen, I use Noah and he wasn't perfect. David had an affair mm-hmm. um, and he started recounting all of these people in the scripture like Rahab. And God said, if I, if I chose them to be a character in my story, I've also chosen you. And there was great freedom in that. There was great stability in that. And it's really been a huge cause that I have championed today, domestic violence in the church and educating pastors and churches about how do you deal with a victim of domestic violence? You know, so not only were you abused by your ex-husband, and then you were abused by the church. Dobson, you know, when in his book, you know, when God doesn't make sense, he talks about the uh, betrayal barrier. How is it that you went through those multiple traumas and you come out the other side with that in your past and not a part of your present that is dragging you down? How does someone come up out of those type past? abuse or trauma situations and in a way put it behind them and let it strengthen them instead of weakening them? I will say this, um, this being kicked out of my church, being abused, although it was, I, I do not see the goodness of God in that. God has flipped it and used it for one of the greatest weapons for his glory in my life. Um, he certainly has a way for transforming evil and making it good. And the story of Joseph will tell us all about that. Um, so I think that, you know, choosing, I had to make a choice. I am not going to live defeated. I'm going to do the work of victory. I am going to find out. What does God say in his word about who I am? What does God say in his word about forgiveness? And um, I sought truth. I did the work of victory. Sometimes we think, and, and uh, you know, I say this all the time, people stay defeated because victory takes work. Um, I had to sit down and sift through the lies of the Pharisees and the, the lies of the enemy and the lies of religion to actually see what Jesus Christ himself said in situations like this. 
And the story of Rahab is what um, really helped to break me free from some of those mentalities that I thought, you know, the church is saying this, you know, I don't, one of the things in my book is that Christian culture has tried to take the name, the harlot out of the Bible for, for years. They've tried to remove it because it doesn't fit with our religious narrative. However, they have never been able to remove the fact that she was a harlot from the Bible. Some people will say that she's an innkeeper to try to pacify, um, you know, this this actual occupation that she had. But God in his sovereignty left it in there. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely, it, it has been a choice. It has been me going to the word, watching who he has used watching what the actual word of God says, not taking someone else's opinion or advice. And um, I've done the work and I, I see the power of the weapon that God has given me because of these past experiences and how they've set other people free. It's been amazing. You know, as you do the work and as you try to experience, you know, victory and, and, and overcome the past, sometimes our timing doesn't necessarily match up with God's timing. Why is it so important to wait on His timing? Well, one of the things I, I talk about in the book, one of the chapters is, I am on time. Um, it's very interesting to me that Rahab, uh, you know, hid the spies, and then they left. And it doesn't tell us how long they were gone. It, 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 they had, there were several things that needed to happen. They had to leave. They had to, uh, all the nation, all the men had to be circumcised, uh, had to cross the Jordan. And then they came back. And that time, Rahab had to trust. And I, I've often thought about that. You know, here, here we have two guys that, that pledged to keep her and her family safe, and they leave for an undisclosed amount of time. You know, there was no text message back then. There was no email. Hey, we'll see you in two days. She had to blindly trust that they would come back. And then when she sees them, they march around the city. I'm sure she's thinking, wow, this is it. They're going to come and save me today. And then they leave. There is no communication between her and the, and the spies or Joshua or any, anyone in the nation of Israel. Um, she didn't have the game plan. She had to simply trust the word of two servants of the Lord, um, a.k.a. the spies, that they were going to keep the word. That's how much she trusted. And I think when it comes to timing, you know, we can all take a nod from Rahab and from the days of old, the biblical times, where um, they were not so plugged in as we are. It, it will do us good to, to look at the text and to see there was no communication whatsoever in a world of heavy communication. They had, they were forced to trust the Lord. And so in our, um, in the things that we go through and the things that we deal with, we need to trust less on communicating with um, someone that might know something and trust the Lord more. It would force us and do us great good to press into the faithfulness of the Lord and not the faithfulness of an email or text message. What, um, as we close, what's kind of the greatest takeaway that you hope readers gather from I Am Rahab? Oh my goodness. Um, there's so many that, that 
you know, I, I could talk about one of the, one of the greatest things I think that was astounding to me as I read um, the beautiful pages of her story is that she was Boaz's mom. And I, I was taken aback a little bit one day. I actually, I totally geeked out on this for like, you know, an entire day and called everyone, all on everyone in my family and told them this. you know, we give Boaz so much credit and Boaz is an incredible man. And, and, you know, clearly uh, took married Ruth and everything and gave her a second chance, we, but we give him so much credit. And in the single girls world, especially in the Christian world, everyone's looking for their Boaz. Um, but what shocked me is the re I do believe the reason that Boaz was so full of grace was because he was taught that by his mom, Rahab. And, um, I think that's one of the things that as, as I sort of unpacked her story and let the word change me again, um, it is just that, um, being, being people that are full of grace, being people that aren't bound by their past, but actually freed by it and find, um, power in it through the, the power of the Lord, being people, um, that are gracious to those that go through things, never being called a Pharisee or caught in the bondage of religion. Um, the, the whole book leans to that uh, message, and that's what I hope people get. Such an incredible story you have and such a wonderful book and resource for folks. And I don't know about you, Jimbo, but I'm definitely still looking for my Boaz. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Autumn Miles, if you want more information about Autumn, you'll go to her website, autumnmiles.com. Autumn, thank you so much for being on. Thank you guys so much. It was thank such you. a joy. Mistakes. Well, I, personally, up. I think that people are looking for their Jimmy. I mean, that's what I've heard. I mean, I don't know where she gets the Boaz thing. Yeah, it's because just I haven't really heard that Christian as much. Women of the world are looking for are their looking Jimmy. for their Jimmy. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I could be wrong. We cut but, something out just a second ago. Y'all don't know, but Josh made a very inappropriate comment. Uh, that was, and so before anyone thinks that I'm the only one that makes inappropriate comments. Mine are just a little bit off the rails to where we have to remove them. Jimbo's yes. are just on the rails enough that we keep them in. <laughs> exactly. I mean, obviously, honesty and transparency, these things we preach at church, but it rarely happens. And to have a, a Christian leader stand up and go, you know what? I, I played the role of a harlot, and I'm not afraid to say it, and I'm not afraid to then subsequently, after confessing, I'm not afraid to then experience the freedom and the grace that God mm -hmm. has to offer those. So many of us stay imprisoned. So many people have trauma in their past, have abuse in their past. And I love it when she said, I made a choice. I made a choice that I was no longer going to be a victim. I love that. You know, she said, I did the work of victory. People all the time, you know, well, deliver me from these feelings and, you know, this anxiety and this guilt or whatever. He goes, well, it's, a, it's work. I love it that she said she made a choice and she did the work of gaining victory over that past so that her past did not define her. If you want more information about this episode, you can go to paradoxpodcast.com. You can also find information about previous episodes there. You can also find us on our socials there as well. If you like the episode, like the show, we'd appreciate it if you shared the show as well as reviewed it. You guys are the best. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. 
For more information about our Paradox Evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescarr.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. In college, I had a couple of gay roommates. My theology at that point told me that since they were gay, they were an abomination before God. And unless they gave up being gay and converted, they were going to go to hell. So since basically I considered them good friends, I concluded that the Bible was wrong on this issue. And therefore, if the Bible can be wrong about this, the Bible can be wrong about other things. Therefore, the Bible cannot be considered a trustworthy source of faith.